This is Shudders Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi, and welcome to episode 546 of Shutters Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuttersIncPodcast.com, and joining me once again from Melbourne, Victoria, from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au, it is Mr. Glenn Lavender. How are you? Yes, I am, and yes, it is. Yeah. I am joining you. And it is You're looking well this week. Oh, it's a uh, different lighting. Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> so I've, got an empty, I've got an empty house for it. Hey, we're if it looks good daytime. or if it looks bad, blame the lighting. <laughs> We're recording in daytime, and um, and the whole house is empty. So I'm in, in, in my wife's office where it's got beautiful daylight. And, nice. So you know, all things relative. You know, it's, it's, it's not beautiful. Lighting. Excellent. I'm just as I've always been. So it's okay. <laughs> Right. How are you? Are you well? It's been a few. I, I I am well. Unfortunately, in the last two weeks, Kath's dad passed away. Oh no! Quite unexpectedly, he um, apparently uh, had developed cancer back in uh, December of last year and not told the family about it, and went oh, into Jesus. hospital on. Thursday of last week uh, to have uh, removal of the esophagus, believe it or not, on the Friday. And, and no one knew. No, and no one knew other than his partner. And um, they took him in a day early because they wanted to run some tests before they went ahead with the, the procedure, because obviously pretty pretty invasive procedure. And Thursday night, while he was in the hospital has what they class as a catastrophic hemorrhage of the brain. That'll do it. And was essentially brain dead from that point on. They kept him alive on, you know, machines until family could get to the hospital to say their goodbyes. I was at work on Friday and Kath rings me, you know, at midday and said, how soon can you get home? Because she's broken her wrist, so she can't drive. So she couldn't even drive herself to Sydney. Um, Has she broken her wrist just as an aside? Oh, we just have, we haven't ever had a chance to talk about that so that was easter weekend we went up to see her brothers who were camping up in the mile lakes region of new south wales we just drove up as a day trip it's about oh, two hours from here and we pulled up at a servo to get a, a bag of ice and as she was uh, walking across to the ice fridge there was a big puddle of oil in one of the car oh, parking bays, and she didn't notice it. She's trodden in it, foot just gone oh, straight out from under her. And as she fell, she's landed. Down. She's put her hand down, but she's landed on one of those wheel barriers. You know the triangular wheel barriers that your car runs up against. Yeah, and of course that's put extra pressure on her on the side of her hand. She's basically broken the bone that leads up to your pinky finger, but. Um, below the knuckle for the pinky finger. Yeah, so so it was a very short visit with the brothers and then we drove straight back to Gosford to get her to the hospital where they, you know, bandaged her up, put her in a plaster cast. And so because of that, she couldn't just jump in the car and drive herself to Sydney on Friday. So she rings me because I'm in Newcastle, which is, you know, equal distance in the opposite direction and said, you know, can you possibly come home? I went, yeah, absolutely. So I bailed out of work at you know, half past 12 on Friday, caught the train home, so it's an hour and a half to get back to here, and then jump in the car. So by the time we get to Sydney, it's like 4.30. So she got to say her goodbyes and saw her brothers who were there at the bedside, and he had another 
son from a previous marriage who was in Queensland and he was travelling down from Queensland. So they said, we'll, we'll keep him alive until that son gets here, uh, which was yeah. basically lunchtime on the Saturday. So, uh, and after that, they turned the, the machines off. Uh, so we had a memorial service for him yesterday. Um, so another trip down to Sydney and, uh, yeah, so it's just been an eventful week and along that, you know, of course, Anzac Day on Tuesday and for our listeners outside of Australia, Anzac stands for the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps and Anzac Day is a commemoration of one of our worst military defeats of all time where... Australian and New Zealand forces landed at Gallipoli in Turkey on the 25th of April in 1915 and got absolutely torn to shreds because the Turks were well prepared. And so we have this memorial every April 25 each year. And in Newcastle, the ABC does an outside broadcast from Nobby's Beach, which is one of the main beaches in Newcastle. And the reason that's important is because They set the stage up overlooking the beach. So for the TV cameras, it looks fantastic because you've got this dawn service happening uh, as the sun is rising behind the stage. And so, yeah, so that was uh, also part of this week for me was uh, doing the outside broadcast for that. For for radio, we only do one hour, which is 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., uh, but there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. You know, we loaded in on... Court, 25, you get there, all right? Uh, well, we loaded in on Monday afternoon, set everything up Monday afternoon, did line tests, made sure everything was working. And because I live so far from Newcastle, the ABC paid for accommodation for me in Newcastle. Yeah. And so... When I finished work on Monday afternoon, I just went out and got myself some dinner and then went back to the hotel. And I thought, I've got to be up early, right? I'm going to be up at three o'clock in the morning, so I might as well get to bed early. Yeah. So I was in bed at quarter to eight and I went straight to sleep because I was tired because I'd not had a great sleep the night before. Two hours later, at quarter to ten, I'm woken up by the sound of a concrete saw outside the hotel. I look out the window and find that there's they're demolishing this old building on the block behind the hotel at bloody ten o'clock at ten o'clock at night. And I'm thinking, surely this has to finish at ten. And so at five past ten, the concrete saw stops, and then they fire up this diesel-powered pump. Or that's what it sounded like. And I'm just lying there, tossing and turning, going, this is absolute crap. At quarter past midnight, I went, this is just a waste of my time. I'm not getting any more sleep tonight. So I packed up and I left the hotel uh, and I went back to the radio station and I thought, I will just lie down on the floor of my studio where at least it'll be quiet and I may get to sleep and I may not, but I can't be any worse off than I was at the hotel. Uh, and as it was, I didn't get back to sleep. So I was functioning on two hours of sleep <laughs> for the outside broadcast. You did. Thankfully, at least a little bit, you know, yeah. Um, oh, what did you say to the hotel? I would have gone, I would have been livid at the damn hotel. Well, you know, I did. Yeah. I rang the, serv- the, the reception desk at about, you know, 10.30, quarter to 11, and said, you know, how long is this crap going to go on next door? And they went, oh, we didn't even know about it. We can't hear it from here. And, 
they offered to put me in another room and I just thought, nah, by the time I pack all my gear up and move to another room, I'm going to be super wide awake and I'm not going to go back to sleep for sure, you know. So I just didn't even bother taking up that offer. Um, but then at quarter past midnight, I just went, oh, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So it's been an interesting week. <laughs> anyway... And what have you been up to? Oh, well, I've been up to quite a bit, actually. But I was, I was at a concert the other day, and I was thinking about you. Oh, okay. So I was at, I, I'd see a guy called Marcus King in a band called Vintage Trouble. Oh, and I've been listening to his stuff since you you put me onto him. It's great. Really cool. Really, really cool venue. I mean, beautiful venue. Old, old, old venue. Had like a old Art Deco bar all the way down half the middle of the the, the floor where you stand for the concert. Nice. It had a little mezzanine level. Fabulous room. Really cool shaped roof. Everything else. Yep. But the sound was terrible. Oh, really? Okay. So we're standing. We're standing right in front of the sound engineer, the sound deck. So we expect the sound yeah. to be as good as it's going to get. Yep, exactly. And it wasn't terrible, terrible, but it wasn't good. I mean, there for the first five or six songs, he's spending all his time just fiddling with his amps, trying to get the sound right. So he's back to the audience, just trying to. They even came and took away the perspex. There's perspex shields they have in front of the amps. Yep. But one song they came and took those away. Every every member of the band was at po- pointing at sound engineers all the way through, going fix this. Wow. Wow, but but that aside, which was obviously terrible, and, and and the concert was not good for a couple of reasons. Partly then, partly their own fault. They were a bit bloated. You know, right. you know how like in jazz musicians sometimes they can tend to be a little. I want to keep playing my solo, and then yep. you're going to solo. Well, this is an eight piece band, yep. and everyone had solos like in every song for like yep. two minutes. Yeah. So it's just a bit, anyway, but I was wondering uh, at the time, and I know this is a photography podcast, but we don't talk about <laughs> photography, so we shouldn't have to worry about it. Uh, we should maybe change the name, Crap and Crap Sync or something, you know? Um, but I was wondering, when you do sound checks, yeah. you're doing it to an empty room, yep. and then you've got to do play with, a, yes. with a, all this body mass inside. Yep. How, how do you work? The, uh, is, there a, is there a form that you use that you know? <laughs> Or is it just, let's just set it up and hope for the best? Well, obviously, when you've got an empty room, you've got much more reflected sound to contend with than you will have once the room is full of people. The other side of it, or or the, the next part of it, is that putting all of those warm bodies into the room will also dampen the top end. Yeah, yeah, of course. If anything, during sound check, you're probably going to you know eq things so that they sound a little bit brighter than you actually want yep. because once you fill the room with bodies some of that top end will get sucked up but i i must say i i'm not a, a live sound engineer that's not been my specialty so it's not really just my saying, and, and just what you're saying there about the eq makes yep. sense i can i can kind of understand yeah. how you uh, i was wondering if, if there's a formula to say okay we needed to be actually sounding bad during sound check yeah. to make it sound good during the show. So right? or- one, one of the things that I can tell you about the way anyone who's running a decent PA system, they will have the ability to EQ individual sources and yeah. they will have a master EQ on the output of the desk, but they'll also run a pair of what are called third-octave graphic equalizers. So it's a 31-band equalizer that's got individual sliders for 31 different frequencies. And they EQ the signal in between the mixing desk and the power amps. So 
that allows you to, you know, you can do a sound check through headphones and go, yeah, yeah that sounds absolutely magnificent in my headphones. And then you can take your headphones off and go, whoa, that sounds like crap in the room. And so you then adjust yeah. the, the third octave graphic equalizers to EQ the room. So you're, you're, like- you're, you're trying to get the, the PA system to sound in the room the way it sounds in your headphones. Now, Man. I would imagine that in this day of recallable EQs, you know, that are digital, you yeah. could probably simulate an EQ curve to give you an idea of what the room will sound like once it's full of people. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, I would, I would imagine that live engineers who've been doing it long enough would have come across this and gone, why does it sound different once I, once we're, you know, happening for real compared to how it sounded when I did the sound check? And, you know, when you've got enough experience, you come to understand that, you know, putting bodies in a room is going to change the frequency response of the room. And that therefore you need to EQ for that during sound check and then remove that EQ once the show starts for real. That that would be my guess. But like I said, it's yeah. not really my bailiwick. <laughs> There's a fascinating thing to have to visualise and work on to, oh, make, for sure. to make sense. But the weird thing is that the support act, Vintage Trouble, sounded great. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So the support act were brilliant. I, mean, they, they, I, I went and saw, I was saw a buddy guy, Oh yeah, uh, a guy called... Christone Kingfish Ingram, who's one of my favourite new blues artists. Right. So they played together, and then two nights later saw Marcus King and Vintage Trouble. And of the nice. four, Vintage Trouble were the best as far as show right. they put on. Yeah, right. Dynamic live performance. So that was pretty good. Did Keb Mo play down in Melbourne? No, no. Actually, oh. no. I'm not sure if he. I'm not sure if he played. There's a, a mini blues fest down here. I'm not sure if he played there, but I had my week filled up already with music so <laughs> if you ever get a chance to see Kev Mo he's he's great as well a buddy guy I've never seen uh, buddy guy live and I've heard his music but I've never seen him live I've never even seen him perform like on a video or anything you know right. so and I, uh, it was old timey showman you know it was yeah, like right. you've got to see Sparta or one, one, just one of the great performers and they thought man what a show that that's just that was just so his quirks and his just the way he performed he'd be playing a song and they'd go nah that'll do that's enough of that one and <laughs> the way through and and then you ramble off in some sort of little discussion so i got home and i was pretty psyched i thought that was a really good show so i, I thought i'll put him up on youtube and i found this video from like 2003 so 20 years ago and i yeah. put it on live exactly the same shtick same word for word <laughs> it's exactly the same Nothing original or new or interesting at all. It's That's just it. Been doing you know, I was years. thinking about what you were saying about Marcus King and about there being eight people on stage and all wanting to solo. And I'm thinking yeah. that's where you need a dictator like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a guy who has 19 people on the stage. I know. And I you know. don't ever find that problem happening at a Springsteen show, you know, because... It, it's his show, and you'll solo when he tells yeah. you to solo. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, Marcus was letting him go, but there was one guy who was playing the sax and the tambourine, and I was like, I don't you dare to the tambourine solo, dude. Don't you dare. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, so speaking of music, I've gone down a rabbit hole this last two weeks, and this, this artist called Ren, who I've sent some stuff oh, to you about. mate, this, this unbelievable. Now, Fortunately, you've known me for a while. I'm not one for hyperbole. No. <laughs> uh, I'm, 
not one for, for, for grandiose statements at all, Bruce. I'm, <laughs> I'm grounded. Not at all. And, but I'm calling him, I'm calling him now the greatest performer since Prince, the greatest musician since Prince. I wouldn't go so far as to say musician, but certainly performer. You haven't seen all this stuff. Okay, all right, fair enough. So you've seen... You've I've seen, seen two or three videos. Music. I've seen yeah. two or three. So wait till you hear his ballads and okay. his songs and his singing voice and his musicianship. So, and the reason I call this is I was, I've been sitting thinking, so this is a, kind of a one-man show. Yeah. He records everything in a tiny one-bedroom studio. I mean tiny one-bedroom yeah. studio. His bed, you could you could go off his mixing deck and pick up his pillow no, yeah. without moving. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. small so he does everything himself. So I call him because he, I don't think I can't think of another musician who can do as many different things. And you've only seen limited stuff, but the, right. the, the variety of stuff this guy can do is Prince-like because yeah. Prince could play there, did everything, could do every style of music, did yeah. every. Yeah, yeah. This guy's the same. He does everything. But what elevates this guy as well is. He does all the visual. So most of his videos are done live, one take, live yes. shooting. Yeah, which in itself is remarkable. Yeah, you know? but that's thousands of hours of street busking coming out. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's performed. I was thinking, I was telling my, telling my wife about this the other day that most bands don't perform very often when they're starting out. Yeah, you know? no, they get to, they get to rehearse. That's not the same as performing. No, but if you're if you're a busker and you're out doing six or seven hours every day, five six days a week, you've got you've got the street miles yep. to be able to perform. Yeah, yep. so he does one one take uh, one take videos, which are quite remarkable, and storytelling quite often as well, yeah. which is yeah. And, and so, so the, the 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 songs aren't just fluff, which a lot of music is these days. There's yeah. this, this content, this dark content. And, and I think if anyone suffers has ever suffered any form of mental health issues um, yeah. or physical health issues, this guy's misdiagnosed uh, with ma- major illnesses for eight years and spent twenty three hours wow. a day in bed. Wow! Um, and literally his brain on fire for for, for years and not being able to function. And misdiagnosed for, I said, for eight years, they finally realised it was Lyme disease. He'd been bitten by a tick. Oh, and wow. because it was misdiagnosed for so long, the damage the body had done to itself, because basically oh. when you have Lyme disease, your your body fights your immune system. Right. So that your own your own body attacks your own immune system. And so it destroyed part of his brain. Also, all, so this guy's gone through just live, live in hell. Yeah. And uh, uh, but I said just 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 the, the sheer breadth of music. But what what interested me was the fact that he's now starting to come out a little bit out of uh, he's on having some treatments that are helping finally. You know? yeah. So he's now thirty three. So at seventeen, he signed a contract with um, Sony Music to be, uh, and then at, at at nineteen, they dumped him because he was in full of disease and couldn't do anything. Couldn't. Yeah. And so for the next eight. His next eight years, he was just in bed, basically. Wow. He's one of the greatest users of social media that I've seen so far. Yeah. And the fact that it's content, which is really dynamic and interesting, but then encourages all these re- reuses of content on, on YouTube, like you know, reaction video people. Right. Comment. He wants them to take his content and react to it, whereas there's no copyright issues. There's no yep. – you'll have no – no claim. So he, and by doing this, his latest video in four months has had 11 million views. Wow. Yeah, for, for an artist recording. For, yeah, for an his, artist with no recording contract. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and coming out of his, coming out of his, um, his, his, his little one bedroom studio. So, so just, just the, the use of social media, even just today. So he's, he's releasing a new song next week. Yeah. Apparently his favorite book is Animal Farm. Oh, George uh, Orwell. Uh, 
felt, yeah, it felt like dystopian. And it, it looks like his new video is going to be that theme. And there's a, there's a link on it. It's a little trailer, a little link, say, for more, click here, and you put your name in detail. And I just received an invitation this morning. It says, my dearest friend, I am delighted to let you know you are invited to attend a place behind the curtain where what you know will turn uncertain. 4th of May on YouTube Live, the dress code is an open mind. The clock strikes eight, the world goes mad. Four legs good, two legs bad. <laughs> and that was beautiful little old, old paper, the intro. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just epically good, but he, uh, social media work to that's get people. Right. And so now everyone's sitting waiting. And apparently when his last video, he, he did a live, live um, Twitch I don't know what yeah. Twitch is. Live Twitch feed uh, um, after his last video came out. Uh, it was like one hour after his, after he re- the live release, he did this thing. And there were already like hundreds of videos, reaction videos of his new video on YouTube by the time he started twitching. And he's wow. going to people, look at all this, wow. and it's showing online just how, how many of these things. It's just uh, so qu- quite interesting use of social media, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Ren, R-E-N, if anyone, if anyone wants to find something, it's like finding new music. It's yeah, the, um, the video that Glenn sent to me first was a, a video called Hi, Ren, uh, which I will put a link to in the show notes. And... I cannot recommend this highly enough. As I said to you, you know, I'm not a fan of rap and certainly not of white rap, but (laughs) I think this guy is better than Eminem. You ain't said nothing. He's not rapping in that. He's just talking fast. Once you see his rap, his rap is... Really? Speed rapping. Wow. it's, It's like... I don't even know what you just said, yeah. but you, you, saw, you saw the money. You saw the yeah. money part one, yes, which is astounding. Once again, one take. And I and I amazing. watched. I watched money. Uh, what's it? What is it? Money game. Yeah, money game. Yeah, money. Sorry, money game. Money part game. One, part two. Yeah, and and I went and watched part two, and part two has the subtitles burned into the video, which was great because That's the not- YouTube <laughs> subtitles actually miss a few things. So but much. I actually thought yeah. part two was better than part one. Oh, totally. But see, part one's kind of the setting you up, and part two yeah. is telling is getting into the story. Yeah. Um. But then, but he puts Easter eggs in his, his music, so there <laughs> that part two has she she sells she sells, uh, <laughs> but then in high rent it's oh she sells she sells. But yeah. so he's referenced his own videos, yeah, which right. you don't realise when you see it for the first time because you don't have that backstory. Right. But when you go back to the catalog, he's referencing his own videos. Yeah. He's, right. He's, he's, he does that multiple times. Wow! And but once again, the production, you know, yeah, one, you know, one take live, and that that high rent thing was they only shot it four times. They did four attempts, and that's it. Wow! Which is just pretty amazing for for a nine minute long, pretty intense video. Yeah, that very broad range of stuff that yep. you you can't pigeonhole. And the good thing is you don't know what's coming next. And I was like <laughs> an artist that keeps you on your toes, interested. Yeah, yeah. What, What's different from song to song? What do you do? So that's that's worthwhile um, having a bit of a gander at. Yep. Um, I've written something here saying physical, and I don't have a clue what that means. <laughs> so we won't go on to that one. I guess what I did this week. What did you week, do? This week. I did my first one-on-one uh, training in two and a half years. Wow. How'd it go? First training. My first any training in two and a half years, right? Yeah, right. And – did I, did I feel rusty? Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. This might surprise you, Bruce, but I didn't prepare. Uh, 
some surprises going on. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I just went down there cold, and it's just got Dan and John, a guy and his two kids, and we've been trying to do it for two years. This, yeah. this, this training, yeah, between COVID and my health, we hadn't been possible, yeah. so we finally got it done. And yeah, we spent I don't know three or four hours doing natural light uh, lesson, t- learning natural light. Yeah, and we didn't move twenty five feet. Okay. Yeah, from the spot we from the spot we met, we didn't move twenty five feet. We did so much variety; it was crazy. Nice. And it's like, I remember why I like doing this. This is this is to, to see people's eyes open about what's possible yeah. with the. Uh, so I told him to bring his two hundred to five hundred mil lens, Oof. and he's like. We're doing photos in a, a, a park with some little buildings next to it, you know, right. libraries and stuff like that. Very, very humdrum, nothing location. And uh, the amount of variety we could pull up in, in, in it was so without going more than 20 feet was, was, was sensational. So, so that was a lot of fun. But the good thing about a 200 to 500 is you could take a humdrum location and make it look epic. Well, see, I mean, I, I used, uh, I, I, I did one shot with, the, with that, well, maybe did a couple of shots, but I, only, I took one photo with this 205 to demonstrate, which is a big grey walled building, like, like sandstone. Right. Yeah. And it had this, this grey panel, probably four foot wide by about three foot high, uh, okay. behind some bushes. There's low, low bushes, like little rose plants yeah. and stuff. So, and I got his kid to stand about 20 feet in front of it. Yeah. Okay. So in the middle of a footpath, basically. And we stood about another 20 or so feet further down the road. And with a 500 mil lens, yeah. we've got nothing but a black background. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's that narrow angle of view knocks out everything to do with the building except that small little black panel. <laughs> and, and you're just looking at the scene. And there's this tiny thing on this huge building in the middle of a park, and and what you can create yeah. um, in, in in camera yeah. versus what the world is like was just uh, it was a pretty mind blowing moment for him, and it was um, yeah made me feel like I could still do this stuff, which is nice. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, that's but it good. must have been, it did take a very lot out of me. Did it? To the point that I was driving home, I thought, I've got to, I've got to sleep. I've got to, I've got to. So it was like an hour and a quarter drive home, yeah. and I would have driven off the road into a tree if I didn't pull over and get a nap. So wow. this little area uh, called Dog Rocks, which is a beautiful little location, uh, just a few minutes out of town. It's got, it's got beautiful big granite boulders and some nice trees, and it's on the hilltop and everything. Yeah. And there's a road right next to it, and it's a lovely scene. You can look out over a bit of a valley. I thought, I'll go up there, and I'll, I feel like I'm out in the country and having a bit of a relax, and I'll, I'll be able to fall asleep easy enough. Yep. So I've driven up there, and this is probably about quarter past four. I've closed my eyes, and I've woken up. It's quarter to six. So like an hour and a half gone by. You know? It's like, oh, <laughs> completely, completely overslept. And But I've woken up just as sunset's starting. Oh, nice. But there on top of Dog Rocks is this woman and a man sitting watching the sunset with two dogs. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I had my 150 to 600 in the bag, Sweet. so I quickly jumped out, stood across the other side of the road, probably, on, you know, probably 550, 600 mil, and framed, <laughs> and because that means the sun in really nice and big. Yeah. So there's this gorgeous shot silhouette of two dogs, two people in the sun setting. Yeah? Beautiful. So, so, and then pretty happy with that, popped across the street, popped on the 15 to 30, jumped over the fence and did a landscape. I did a landscape photo, Bruce. I know. Um, I commented with one word on your Facebook post. I said Judas. <laughs> I, I thought it might have been hacked. Have you been hacked? <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, so I put both of those photos in in the the Dropbox folder too, in case you want to use it as a, as a thumbnail. Okay, but, uh, beautiful. But that was kind of nice. It was you know, to get and do something to actually take some photos as well. So yep. it was kind of good. Awesome. Then, so it's been quite a busy week photograph. Then I just got contacted yesterday to, uh, to do some stuff at the Ballarat Festival of Photography this coming October. Nice. So it's, it's probably one of Australia's biggest photography festivals. So I'll be doing some stuff up there for Tamron in um, in October. So if anyone's going up there, mm-hmm. and I'm doing a talk next on May the 9th, So whenever that is, next week something in Bacchus Marsh in Victoria, the Bacchus Marsh Camera Club. So if anyone's that in, must be a Tuesday, I think. Uh, you'd expect I'd have any clue. Good point. I used to try and wait until they remind me via message. Oh, you still on for t- tonight? Still okay, isn't it? What do you mean What's on tonight? I, I, I had one, one club. I don't know how this happened. I probably do. But anyway, this this this, this one club once messaged. It was like 7.40 or something on a, on a Tuesday night. And they said, you're still coming tonight, aren't you, Glenn? I'm going, what? And it's like... Eight o'clock start, half an hour. Fortunately, fortunately, the place is only about 25 minutes, half an hour away from me. And I'm at home. I'm looking after the kids. I'm babysitting the kids. It's like a school night. And we're all about it. And so, oh, my God. We, we had to quick, very quickly bolt down there and, and get, get that done. So that's kind of funny. So anyone, anyone in that area, uh, in, in the area of, of Bacchus Marsh, come down and uh, say good day. Be good. Since 2005, Shutters Inc. has been a labour of love. But beyond the time required to produce it, there is also a financial commitment. If you find value in the podcast and would like to help keep the servers running, hit up the Patreon link, which is in the show notes. Even a couple of dollars a month will help. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. I just saw, literally before coming on air, that uh, not wanting to get political, especially US but I did see an interesting thing. The Republican Party just released a new advert in America um, okay. countering Biden's announcement that he was going to run for president again. Right. But the entire advert is generated with AI, which is why I thought it was interesting. Wow. Okay. So all this, uh, but the imagery they're using is all pretty dark, like uh, China invading Taiwan. Right. 80,000 people at the border trying to break into America. And Biden with his, his head in his hands kind of stuff, not knowing what to do. And it starts off with President Biden announces 2024 president. And then it goes and then it shows all the terrible things that's going to happen to the world. But that's all done with AI. And Again, you look at the imagery, you think that's pretty darn realistic stuff, you know. I, I'm just going to imagine how all sorts of future elections and stuff, how you can't trust anything you see. No. You know I mean, we're, we're going to turn a world that's already un- distrusting yep. into completely not believing any. It doesn't matter how real you will is. not be able to believe anything you haven't seen with your own eyes. No, that's what I'm saying. If I'm out in the street and I see something, Bruce, I'm not going to believe it now, just in case. <laughs> just in bloody case. <laughs> oh, I just saw that. Uh, just saw that car crash into a pole. No, I didn't. No, that's just my. That's just my AI. I, I, you know what it is? It's a bloody chip. We're, li- from, we're from living in the matrix. They put in the chip, and the chips controlling the AI in my brain to make me see stuff in the streets. <laughs> And it's all controlled with 5G, that's even though it. my phone only does 4G. That's right. <laughs> I'm a G short. <laughs> Mind you, I think a few people might have thought that for many years. I'm a G. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so I thought that was interesting. I did also come across one other thing that was was quite amazing yesterday, and I, I can't remember. I, I, I didn't actually. I didn't even think about the podcast, but I found out there's a place in Venezuela, right near the confluence of a lake and a river. Okay, where um, it has a particular type of lightning. Uh, I have to look up the name again. And it's a, where they have, t- uh, on average, twenty-eight strikes of lightning a minute for nine hours a day, every day for three hundred days a year. What? Twenty-eight <laughs> average of twenty-eight strikes every minute. The, just said for nine hour average on average nine hours for on average three hundred days a year. Wow. I've never even heard has this place not an everybody documentary about remarkable nature. Yeah. You know? I've kind of looked at a few things and they talk about the science of why it happens and how everything sort of comes together in this one particular spot. But it was uh, – could you imagine the what? photo opportunity? I know. But even more, where, where's our – Doc from Back to the Future who can capture that. I know. Imagine the electrical potential there. You could set, you could you could fire off about fifty DeLoreans a minute. Well, That's right. Probably twenty-eight. Well, twenty-eight, 28 of them. <laughs> but imagine the electrical potential if you could capture that. Oh, just Catatumbo lightning, it's called. Wow. It's an atmospheric phenomenon that occurs over the mouth of the Catatumbo River, where it enters into Lake Maracaibo in Venezuela. Wow. Uh, and Catatumbo means house of thunder in the language of the Barton people. <laughs> That's epic. It, it's just, I mean, I want to go there and see this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, okay, so this this other one I'm looking at, this one here says now, this says between 140 to 160 nights a year. The other one said 300. Ooh. But this one also said the flashes from 16 to 40 times a minute. Wow. And it originates from a mass of storm clouds and altitude of more than a kilometre and occurs. It's the highest density of lightning uh, in the world. Wow. That's amazing. And it changes, uh, the, the lightning changes its flash frequency throughout the year and is different year to year. Wow. How bizarre, you know. Now, I was once in uh, Alberta, Canada, yeah. evening. Uh, and it, it was it was a summer evening. Oh, maybe it wasn't summer. I don't know. could have been too late in the summer because it was dark by like 11 o'clock. So, okay. Where normally it could be not getting dark until 3, you know. So, yeah. But I was in this lightning storm there that had just – it was basically just continuous lightning, literally continuous lightning, mostly sheet, yeah. of at least five or six hours. Wow. But no thunder. No huh. thunder at all. How bizarre! None. I know. So, um, so I'm sitting in this in this farm field. It's pitch. It's, it's dark. Well, it's not pitch black because there's lightning's going off almost continuously, creating. And there's like uh, lightning bugs flying around through the air and stuff. This lightning goes. And it was just the most, uh, but almost eerily silent. Which wow. was yeah, So it must very, have been so a much. very long way away. No, it was like over the entire sky. Yeah, right. So the entire, literally from the horizon to horizon. All around you, but I, I don't know. I don't my know. my I don't very know. basic understanding of physics is that I thunder know. is created by the lightning strikes. Yep. It's the superheating yep. of the air by the electrical discharge that creates totally. the acceleration yep. of sound waves beyond okay. the speed of sound. And completely <laughs> agree with you. What? No idea. That is crazy. No idea at all. It, it was the strangest thing, you know. Wow. And literally not a sound. Not a solitary sound. And the, the, from memory, there may have been one or two bits of thunder, but compared to the amount of lightning, there were nothing. Wow. Uh, so, 
That's true. So there's all the interesting things that's come across my deck this week anyway. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a there, so. Well, we have now booked our flights Ooh. to America and on to Alaska. Well, that's still America, but yeah, so f- flying the Red Kangaroo from here to LA and then LA up to Anchorage. Uh, so that's oh, booked, awesome. and we've put our deposit down for our seven-night inland passage from Whittier to Vancouver. Woo-hoo. And I think, to answer your question from the last episode, I think we're going to have about 36 hours in Vancouver, so... Well, not too bad. Yeah, so if you've got things that are in Vancouver itself that you think are worth having a look at, just send me a list. And, um, yeah, there's so pr- there's, a, there's four things you've got to do in Vancouver. Right. So that's pretty good. You can do that in, and it's all downtown. So okay. Five minutes, so you, can, you can see other beautiful stuff elsewhere, so you don't have to travel anywhere. But there's a few things, just to, especially if you're wanting some decompression time to go for a bit of a walk and stretch the legs and that sort of stuff. It's, um, yeah, for sure. Okay. Cool. Mind you, I'm, could I also do, ask a favour? Sure. Um, when I lived there, I left a box of stuff. <laughs> if you could pop round to the house and give it a binoc if it's still there. It's only been uh, 26 years. Right. And it's only it's only like about a metre high, half metre wide box. It's not, so if you could bring that back with you, <laughs> if it's still there. Yeah. It only weighs 30 kilos. <laughs> Yes. I'll see what I can do for you, mate. I'll send you the address. Yeah, so pretty excited about that. Oh, I can't blame the house. it's all countdown now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're down to about 130 days now. So, yeah. uh, Very excited for you. Uh, David Fulton did send us a, an email. Oh, no, before you go on, before you go on, because it's, it's actually is related to David Fulton, and I was wondering what this, this little little hint so Dave Fulton sent me through something the other day, which I thought was very fascinating. Yeah. It was mostly just to me, not a, a thing. But he sent through this. He is on some group on Facebook, and this woman started commenting on this guy's photos and having a go at him because he'd taken this lovely photo of this uh, this, this landscape of this um, you know red rocks and some you know, almost like you know, canyon sort of stuff, really kind of a cool landscape. Right, and she's uh, she's writing. Why? Where are you from? Stop advertising this special little town. I was born and raised here, and you're using it as a money maker by putting a photo up online of this this landscape. <laughs> then the guy goes, "Look, I'm a pediatrician from Baltimore, Maryland, and make I don't make a dime in my pics. It's just my hobby." And then she comes back. It might be your hobby, but stop posting it. It's my hometown. You live in Baltimore. Post about things there. <laughs> Is that not the strange, one of the strangest Facebook posts you've ever? Don't take photos of anywhere but your own place. <laughs> it was that is that is just bizarre. That's the world of Facebook for you, <laughs> in a nutshell. Anyway, so what did Dave Fulton say? David Fulton said, "Enjoy the trip to Alaska. September 06, we visited Alaska. Tra- oh, I visited Alaska traveling solo. Planned around the Alaska Rail Gold Star service, which we will be doing. Uh, it was worth it. That outdoor viewing platform is really cold, and Alaska Marine <laughs> Highway from home to Kodiak stayed for almost three weeks." 
flew into Fairbanks from Melbourne on a Friday. 27-hour journey, needed a weekend to recover. I would break up my journey these days. If you get time, have a look at Creamers Field Nature Reserve. And while I was there, it was a short walk to a state fair, animals entertainment, rides, food, locals rarely if ever see anyone from Oz. I liked my weekend there, booked into a nice hotel overlooking the Chena River. Anchorage weekend market is worth a look if you're there. Cool. Thank you, David. I will uh, add those things to our list of notes. Tips. What were you going to say, Glenn? You said hot tips. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's a hot for you there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Got to love a bit of local advice. Absolutely. Well, semi-local in <laughs> Melbourne. Someone who's been there before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and David Marland also sent us a link to a YouTube playlist completely devoted to infrared photography. So I will confess to not having ever explored infrared photography, don't have the gear, but if anyone is interested, definitely. I think David's been doing some lately. I think he has. He's been posting a few images. Yeah. 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 So, so stop, stop, stop filling my feet up with crap, David. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. so anyway, that's the sum total of our photographic chat for this podcast. <laughs> we actually mentioned we, cameras and stuff this time. We're well, not cameras, but taking photos. We must have covered at least 15% of the runtime of the podcast with photography <laughs> talk. <laughs> so more than normal is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We should do it. We should do it. If any of our readers ever responded to anything we ever readers listeners uh, ever responded to anything we asked of them, uh, we could do a poll saying, "Would you want more or less?" <laughs> <laughs> or, about, or about the same. Yeah, yeah. Come from stay for the crap. That's it. Exactly. All right, mate. Well, good well, to chat with you. Enjoy your day at work. I'm going to have a morning nap. Excellent. You enjoy Just, that. Yeah. No one's home, yeah, it's put, except for the cats. Got a time down there. Got to make the most yeah, of it. Oh, <laughs> living life to the fullest. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Excellent, mate. All right, well, you take care, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See ya. You've been listening to Shutters Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email theboys at shuttersincpodcast.com. 